It's the H-Dog Pod with your host, Michael the Hound Dog Harrison. Hey, welcome to episode 26, the Shaquille Griffin edition of the podcast. He's been a very solid cornerback for three seasons with the Seahawks. But basically, he's a vehicle for me to talk about his twin brother, Shaquem Griffin, who was also picked by Seattle a year later. Talk about an incredible athlete and man who has persevered through so much in his life. He was born with amniotic band syndrome in his left hand, causing his fingers to not fully develop. So as a four-year-old, he actually attempted to amputate his own hand because of the pain. The next day, his parents had it amputated. Remarkably, Shaquem defied all the odds to get drafted into the NFL. And he's now a very solid rotational piece in the Seahawks defense. What an amazing story. Now, I apologize my words aren't as clear as they should be. I've been growing a quarantine beard for the better part of two and a half months, and it's become possessed. Having said that, I refuse to trim it. It just seemed like too much work. Plus, it's just better being a caveman. But subsequently, it's not as easy to talk. Funnily enough, my sister said the beard looks good on me and that I no longer look like a boy, but more of a man. And my mom said my face doesn't look as fat now. Cool! Thanks for letting me know these things before I grew a beard. Really appreciate it. Holy! I certainly hope I'll be able to talk properly for my next guest on the H-Dog pod. So without further ado, let's get cracking. Okay, now welcome on Matt McEwen. He's the editor-in-chief and betting expert for the sportsbettingdime.com website that offers analysis and odds trackers for upcoming sporting events. Not so coincidentally, I happen to write for the site. Welcome to the H-Dog pod, Matt. Thanks so much, Hound Dog. Appreciate you having me. I, uh, I'll definitely say that I, I do apologize if we, we break your streak of... Uh, more and more listeners per week. I don't know how I can follow James Duffy here, but we'll, we'll see what we can do. <laughs> yeah, I, I must say it is a tough act to follow, but I think you're up, uh, up to the task uh, without question. So uh, first of all, uh, of all, I mentioned Sports Betting Dime. Uh, what is the, for the listeners who don't know of the site, uh, what does the website offer to readers and gamblers? Yeah, so our, our goal at sportsbettingdime.com here is basically to be the best betting portal on the internet, and I should say sports betting uh, portal on the internet. We we don't really cover any of the, you know, poker uh, stuff. You know, more more of your casino stuff like that. We aren't doing that. We're doing sports betting here. Um, so you know, whether you're looking for just odds for for a game, whether you're looking for futures. Uh, you know, we we've really taken over the market in futures, um, you know, with our, our futures trackers. Uh, you know, we not only give you the what the current futures are in every sport, every whether it's a player future, team future. Uh, so we're not just giving you the current odds, but we also show you how the odds have changed over time and why they've changed as well. Um, along with that, we've got some really great writers, uh, you know, Hound Dog, you being one of them, uh, who, who writes some really great betting content for us, um, you know, covering different previews, different events. Um, you know, Hound Dog here does golf. Uh, we've got lots of tennis, basically any any of the big uh, six North American sports plus golf, tennis, uh, all your your MMA, boxing, um, you know, if, if you want to bet sports, this is where you want to be. Uh, you'll find the odds, you'll find some great insight, uh, some great tools and products to help you make those uh, intelligent wagers. And uh, how did you get involved uh, with the website uh, back in 2016? So, yeah, 2016, I can't believe uh, time, I actually time just... flies, eh? Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, four years now. Um 
I started at, at Sports Betting Dime uh, as just basically a full-time writer. Um, I was coming in and writing, you know, three to four articles per day on just various topics. Um, you know, back at that time, we, we were struggling a little bit to find our voice. Um, and, you know, we, we brought in uh, some really great leadership, you know, made, made some internal changes. And yeah, you know, I, in 2018, I ended up uh, being being promoted, put in a really great position uh, with with yeah, great people around me, um, and that's kind of when we really started, you know, shaping what SBD was going to be. We we really made some, you know, some key changes in the the news we were writing. Uh, we really started adding just those the essential stuff that. That you know a sports better needs those uh, you know up to date odds the uh, you know matchup pages um, so you know got got involved just hired at, at the bottom started there and uh, been working my way up uh, I've been fortunate enough to get some great opportunities here um, you know I work for some great people and like I said I, I have great people uh, around me here helping me out so um, it, it's been a great ride and you know, I'm I'm really excited for what the next four years uh, has to come. Yeah, I've loved working for it. Uh, I guess it was September of 2018 uh, uh, I, I started working on the site. And again, just like I was, I was saying, time flies. It's, it's absolutely crazy. When I look at uh, all the articles I've written, I think it's been like 240 or something like that. It's like, holy crap. How? How already? <laughs> Where do you see the SBD going in the future? Uh, are any cool upcoming features for the site? Yeah, actually, you know, we, we've um, we've all been lucky enough here. Um, you know, we, we haven't been, been necessarily affected as much as others by the the COVID shutdowns. Um, you know, we we had a lot of really big projects that that we were planning for this year, anyways. And you know, with with sports getting shut down, um, obviously a lot of sports media uh, agencies, um, you know, they're they're out of work. Uh, they, they they don't have anything to do. But you know, with all these projects that that we had, um, we basically were able to just bite off a little more. And you know, we we've kept everyone busy here. And I think by the time sports come back, which you know we're looking maybe late June or so, or sorry, not too late, late July or so for uh, the NBA. Maybe the NHL beats them. Maybe the MLB can, uh, you know, come to an agreement and, and start playing sooner. We'll see. But by the time sports come back, I think SBD will look uh, quite a bit different than, uh, you know, people are used to people who uh, the, the active readers are used to. Uh, we, we've got some really big things coming out. You know, I, I don't want to really spoil too much of it. Uh, what I will say is you're, you're going to want to be here. You know, our, our SBD Play uh, app is is really going to start taking off, um, which is basically it's, it's a free-to-play sports book. Um, you know, it's, it's, the only, it's the only one out there you'll find. You, you can't find this anywhere else. So between that, between some of these other tools I've been working on, um, you know, it's going to be a much better experience here at SBD. Um, the reason for you to, you know, not just come back, but not to leave either. Right. And you mentioned uh, uh, the app for that, which is a pretty cool. I've always wondered this. Why uh, are most betting sites, why don't, why don't they have an app? It just seems so obvious to me in 2020 that you'd want to have one. <laughs> is it, just uh, it, it, it is. It's very weird. And you know what? If, if you look over to the European books, almost all of them have have uh, apps which you know they've, they've just been around a little longer it, it's been legal a little longer um you know you, you look to the u.s now it's it's starting to legalize we're up to you know a, 
a little more than a handful of states who have legalized. Um, and, you know, when, when you look at, uh, you know, who, who do you bet with Hound Dog? Are, are you a Bodog guy? Uh, I tend to usually use, just because it's so much more convenient more than anything else, Bet365. I think it's just for really, 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 yeah, for the, exactly, for the app. Like, <laughs> occasionally, I, or I used to use sort of Bodog or my bookie, some of these other ones, occasionally bet online. But it just, it, for some reason, it's just like, ah, I have to go through. It just, it just seems so much more work and uh, way uh, less uh, user-friendly, I find, not having one. Absolutely, it, it, it is. And that's, that's what sports bettors uh, kind of all over the place are saying. And, you know, those, those offshore books, the Bodogs, the my bookies, like you mentioned, I, I don't know that they'll ever necessarily get an app, but um, you know the the big American books that are that are really uh, you know building their their empire. Uh, they're they're going to have apps. Uh, some of them already do. Uh, they'll have um, all of them will have apps shortly. It's it's a must. Like you said, Bet three six five is really showing the way. It's so convenient and. You know, hey, if you look to our app, we're we're gonna basically provide you the same thing. You know, even though we, we you can't necessarily make a bet through us, you know, we're we're gonna make it much easier for you to make a bet through our app. How are you preparing for the surge in sports betting? Because I'm sure, obviously, everyone's gonna be wanting to bet like crazy uh, come the end of July. Yeah, you know what? Like, like I said, we've we we haven't uh, you know experienced any any sort of. Uh, layoffs over here we everyone's been working through and and that's the reason why you know we we like i said we we have these projects going on that we've been working on but um you know we also wanted to make sure that we're fully prepared come uh you know when when we have nhl playoffs nba playoffs mlb uh, nfl uh college football you know golf uh, maybe tennis going on at that time who knows um it, it's it's going to be everything all at once and you know we, we are we're prepared for it we, we've been spending these last couple months making sure that you know our, our matchup pages especially um you know we they're, they're still pretty new we only rolled them out you know kind of mid 2019 i believe it was um but they are you know hey, i'll, I'll give you my biased opinion here they're, they're the best on the internet um if, if you're looking to bet whether it be a a football game a basketball game a hockey game whatever uh any team versus team sport you need to check out our matchup pages you're you know you'll you'll find everything you need all in one place you'll get the odds you'll get the team stats player stats uh head-to-head um comparisons betting trends line movement Injury reports, you know, you everything you need to make uh, an intelligent wager, you can get it at our matchup pages. And, you know, that's been a, a big focus here. We want to make sure those are, uh, you know, tip-top shape to, uh, you know, serve our, our betters once the craziness starts. It's actually funny. It was just today that I had a uh, someone on Twitter asking me about a, an article I wrote about Rory McIlroy uh, being the favorite to win the PGA Tour money list. You're a golf betting expert, Hound Dog. Yeah, but it's so hard to win in golf. Like it, 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 it's it's. I've actually started to. Uh, my buddy Eric O'Neill has told me for golf betting the the each way betting. I don't exactly fully understand it entirely, but all I know is it covers you if a guy does not win, but as long as he finishes within the top, usually they'll they'll tell you like four or five positions, so you'll win like a fourth of what you would have won had they had the guy won. Yeah, because there's um I, oh, for so many years. I would bet on guys, and they would finish second, and it would break my heart. I just couldn't take it. I was just, oh, it's so difficult not only to pick a winner 
not even looking at odds, just picking a winner to begin with is tough. But then, of course, you're trying to get against the odds. It's so it's so amazingly difficult. But the reward obviously is there. That's why it's uh, so tempting. Yeah, absolutely. And then you know, the, the each way bets are are interesting. You know, you're you're kind of sacrificing a little bit of uh, you know the money you you could make. Um, but yeah, you know, we'll we'll talk about those uh, because if you want to start betting those, and you know, I, I love your. Uh, your weekly previews and I, I'm, I'm excited to get those uh, back on our site. Um, we'll, we'll talk each way bets in a little bit. And, and if you want to start doing some of those, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll teach you what they're all about. Yeah. It, I, I definitely get like the, 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 the theory behind it. And, and it's that definitely happened before the tour got shut down. Charles Schwartzel finished fifth at Pebble beach and was like, nice. I get, it. and Mackenzie huge finished second at uh, the Honda classic. It was like, okay, I don't win as much as I would have liked. Actually, my favorite one was, Bryson DeChambeau at, uh, in, in Mexico. And that's one of the things I love about Bet3, Bet, to go back to Bet365. One of the things I love about that site is Bryson had like this commanding three-shot lead or four-shot lead with like five holes to play. Pretty much was over. And I think I could have won like 300. And they offered me a cash out of like 240 or something along those lines. And I said, you know what? Take it. I'll take it. That's fine by me. You know, $60, it would be great to win extra, but fine. He ended up melting down. Patrick Reed won. It was like oh, so good. So yeah, the, the each ways were like cashing out on Bet365. Not many sites, I think Bodog now uh, offers that option. Not many sites offer that one as well, but uh, it's such a clutch uh, feature. Yeah, it's a little more of an exotic bet. You definitely, uh, you, I, I don't think you'll find that one in, in every single sports book. No, definitely not. And I, and I also mentioned about how we, uh, it's so tough to pick winners in, in golf. Uh, we both had a mutual bet at the Masters last year that uh, I came up with, and it came oh so close. And my bookie did not offer the cash out option. Xander Shoffley <laughs> we, to win. Oh, we oh, we man. came also close. I was <laughs> uh, I was ready to praise you. I was I was riding the hound dog train. It was it was beautiful. I, I thought I thought we were gonna win it. What did we get him? Was it was it hundred to one? Hundred twenty five to one? Yeah. So every pretty much every other sporting book offered Xander Shoffley at thirty three to one to win the Masters. The year the Tiger won. And for some reason, don't know why, on on my bookie they offered one hundred to one odds, and I was like, "Holy crap! You got to bet on that right away!" Like, do I think? Did I? Do, I can't say I intelligently thought Xander was going to win, but I, I certainly knew he had, he had the game to have, a, to have a chance to win. But at a hundred to one, of course. So that's when I opened up the the betting book. Uh, my bookie had put twenty bucks on that. It almost would would have paid almost three thousand Canadian dollars. Oh. We were in it. We oh, were in it. Man. But yeah, uh, if he was going to lose, though, it's not too, uh, not too bad to lose at Tiger Woods. I, I, I didn't feel too too horrible uh, about that. Do you, do you have any uh, hot bets? It was a great ride, and and I was just actually going to point out that you know, hey, I I took your advice there one because I trust your your golf knowledge, but also the last time you fed me a uh, a real long shot, uh, it did pay out. And I, I don't know if you want to brag about that a little bit, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, maybe let me take the host seat for one second, and and uh, you go ahead. Tell me all about your your sixty six to one, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's not a lot funny. of people hit. Not a lot of people hit sixty six to one bets. Like those <laughs> those are those are real long shots. You asked me. I think I might have been two months into my tenure at SBD about. Uh, does, does anyone want to do this article about uh, Miss Universe? Of course, I've never watched Miss Universe before. I had no idea who the competitors were. All that stuff. But I thought, okay, you know what? I'll do it. I'd like to. Uh, it's fun doing different things. I remember you also had me do a, a different article on. Uh, yeah, and I've never. Stars. You 
you've done a bit of reality TV for us. Yeah, and I'd never watched that show either. But I was like, you know what? Let's. It's just fun to learn something about something new. So yeah, Katrina. Uh, Katrina. I was. I was gonna say Katrina Lemay Doan. She's a former uh, skater, <laughs> but uh, Katrina Gray. Uh, was like the I did some research. He was like the sixty-six to one long shot on Bodog to win. Yet everywhere I was reading on the internet was saying she's the favorite or the second favorite to win, which I blew my mind. So I told all the uh, to the the readers, you must bet on her right now. And then she went down to fifty to one, and, and bet three six five and all these other uh, apps I, I use or these sites they didn't offer it. And I'm like, I need to open up a Bodog account right now because they're offering it at fifty. Put thirty on her. She ended up winning for $1,500, $1, which was incredible. Toward the end of the actual event, they had her down to like what she should have been, like 6-1 to one or something to win. But how does that happen? How does a betting book get that that wrong? That's insane to me. Well, you know what? It, it, um, it, that, that's a great example of you know, how you can, you know, as, as a better, as, a, you know, as someone who's willing to put in some research, uh, you can expose sports books quite a bit, right? I mean, they they don't have someone there who who is an expert on um, the the Miss Universe pageant. You know that that it's a it's a once per year event. You know they they might be calling in some some advice, but they don't have an expert there, right? And and the same thing applies in many other offerings. You know they're they're setting a line, and they're they're you know applying enough juice to it that. It, it doesn't really like they're not going to you know lose too much money either way, right? Sure, you you might have gouged them a little bit yourself, but I'm sure they probably made enough back from uh, all the other betters who you know were taking the favorites uh, mm-hmm. to win that. But you know that it's a great lesson. It's a great example of yeah, you know what you do your research and you know you there's there's opportunity to expose a lot of lines. Pretty crazy. Uh, along those lines, pun intended. Uh, what are your What's your best bet you've ever made, and what's the worst that you're just like, oh god, what was I? Thinking? Oh, the best bet I've ever made. Um, so when you ask that, I mean, are are you talking like kinda... sort of long shot bet that uh, you didn't you didn't actually think you would win, but you were sort of hoping when you threw some money out there and made a a killing in money. Hmm. Well, I, I mean, I, to be honest with you, I would have to say that the two stories you just brought up, I, I followed you onto those two. And, uh, those were the, you know, the, the hundred to one was really the, the great ride because I, I did, I watched the masters. Um, I actually you know, admittedly did not watch the Miss universe pageant. Uh, I just knew I won afterwards when there was <laughs> some, some money in my account. So, um, that, you know, that six, six to one for me as well was, was the, the biggest long shot I've won. The hundred one was the best ride with Shofley. Yeah. You know what? I'm, I'm generally not jumping on a ton of odds that long. I, I would say, you know, last year I was pretty torn up. I, I found, uh, Russell Wilson last year. You know, I, I know you love Russell Wilson. You'll love this story. Um, and I actually think I may have even told you about this. It might be the same bet perhaps. Uh, well, I, I, you know, when in doing our futures trackers here, I, I uh, you know, gather all the, the MVP odds, having a look at that. And yep. Rus- yep. Russell Wilson uh, was at like <laughs> 35 to one. Yep. I just said it's ridiculous. <laughs> There's no way Russell Wilson should be 35 to one. You know, what? he he may not win the MVP. And actually, sorry, this wasn't last year. This is two years ago, right? Oh, okay. So I had, him, I had him last year at like 20 to one or something like that. And for half the year, it looked like he might actually win it. 
And then, of course, no, he started to struggle, and then Lamar Jackson was amazing. No, 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 you're right. This was last year because two years ago, actually, I had Drew Brees, uh, who oh. similar similar situation. <laughs> I got I got Brees at like 18, 20 to one or so, uh, which again I just thought was way too long. There's no way he should be that long. And I'm, you know, I I don't generally put a ton of money into futures. I I like exposing some of these these uh, lines that are a little too long. Mm-hmm. Um, it sets you up with great opportunities later on in the season to you know potentially hedge your bet. And you know what I, I did with Breeze that year, but you know I, I still I wanted to ride that out a little bit. Uh, Eighteen to one, twenty to one was great, much better than the you know I, I think I when I finally bet Mahomes, uh, it was like two to one or something, if that, maybe even a little shorter. But so I had Breeze there, but yeah, it was it was last year. Russell Wilson thirty five to one, and you know Mahomes goes down. And you're thinking, okay, it, it's it's basically just a race between Wilson and and Jackson. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there was there was a, a time there where they were really really neck and neck. Um, so that one hurt. That one hurt a lot. I will admit, because um, you know, thirty five to one, and I I really liked that one. Like no, that was one to me that Russell Wilson, and you know the same thing is in the year past with Breeze. I, I looked at Breeze and said, there's it, it would be a shame for Drew Brees to retire with no NFL MVP awards. And you know what? I I had kind of figured he might get some sentimental um, votes with, you know, uh, he he was on pace to, you know, break some of the, the all time records. So, you know, I, I had a similar mentality with Russell Wilson and saying like this guy does it all for Seattle and you know, there's, there's no way he could be, he should be 35 to one. So that one hurt. Um, you know, I, I would, I, I gotta say, I think one of the best bets I have made in terms of, you know, feeling good about it. I, I took the chiefs. Uh, I, I laid quite a bit on the chiefs to win the super bowl. Uh, just like at, during the, like before the game started, I didn't have, uh, you know, any future on them or anything, but, um, I laid quite a bit on on them, and man, that was that was a ride. Uh, you know, when when they fell down and were looking pretty beat up, and it, it didn't look like there was a ton of hope for a while. Uh, but then, you know, to just watch Mahomes, uh, you know, claw them back into it, and um, yeah, that was that was a really fun one for me. Did you uh, do any in-game betting on the Chiefs just to sort of to juice your bet, like to you know double and triple down? That, that'd be incredible if you did. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I had enough on the line already. <laughs> uh, I was, you know, I, I was in, I was coming and, and, you know, plus I, I sprinkled some, some bets down on some of the Super Bowl props to make sure that, uh, you know, the halftime show, the national anthem was, uh, you know, a little more exciting. So no, I, I didn't do anything, uh, in game there. It was, I, I knew I was locking in no matter what happened. Uh, the money I put on, uh, ahead of it was, was the only bet I was making on the game. And it's only fair if we're, you know, uh, talking about best bets and worst bets. I bragged about a couple of best bets. Uh, it wasn't necessarily a, a heartbreaker in terms of I didn't bet a lot of money on this, but week 17 this last year, Seattle Niners going into the game, a couple of Seattle's receivers were injured. And John Ursua, seventh round rookie, had not had one single catch in the NFL. But going into that game, he was 33 1 to get a touchdown at any point in the game, at any point. So I think I threw, I want to say like 20 or $25 on that, something like that. It, was, it would have won like 950 or something along, along those lines. Right at the end of the game, with like 30 seconds to go, 
Ursula caught the ball on like the half yard line as well. For, it would have been a touchdown. It would have been his only catch of his rookie year. Would have won me almost almost a grand. I was like, oh man. Oh, yeah, not only did they lose the division hurt. title, but also that. So uh, that's yeah, one that keeps you up at night. Yeah, it's it's bad. But it wasn't too much mice. Uh, I wasn't like uh, too rattled about that. Do, do you have any hot bets uh, that you're loving uh, coming up uh, in the future here? Yeah. So you know what I like. I said in this time, um, you know, I'm I'm mostly an NFL better. I I do you know, get into some NBA, some NHL, a um, little bit MLB, but most of my bankroll goes towards the NFL. Um, and, you know, with no other distractions going on right now with, you know, like we said, no NBA playoffs, no NHL playoffs right now. Um, I have, I've had a lot of uh, time on my hands. I've been gathering a lot of data and, and kind of doing up some, some new metrics, um, some, some proprietary metrics over here uh, on, you know, for, for NFL futures here. So one of them I've been doing for a couple of years now, one of the things that I, I really dislike the most um, that, that is, and I should say one of, one of the metrics I dislike the most that, that seems to be accepted by just about everybody in the, the football community is the strength of schedule. I cannot stand the way that, you know, your, your mainstream media uh, calculates strength of schedule. It is absolutely ridiculous to look at every team's record from the last season and judge them, you know, what they'll be this year based off what they were last season. Right. You know, there's, there's, just, there's too many examples of, of teams that just are, are so dramatically different. You know, you look at a team like, uh, like Green Bay there, right? Where, you know, if Aaron Rodgers goes down, yeah, they're, they're going to win maybe six, seven games. But with Aaron Rodgers under center, most. They're, they're, they're a 10-win team at least, right? You're, I shouldn't say at least, but they're about a 10-win team. Mm -hmm. So what, what I've done, uh, I've come up with my own basically method for calculating strength of schedule. Um, and you can check it out on, on SBD if you want. Uh, I call it the proper way for, for calculating strength of schedule. Um, and what I do is I take the win totals for this season uh, for every team. And basically, I just calculate the sum of every team's opponent's win totals. And from there, you know, we, we come up with a, a – new strength of schedule a in, in my opinion and you know from from what others have uh, told me about it too a, a much more accurate one and and actually you know looking back like i said i've been doing this for a couple of years uh actually this is my this is my third year doing this metric um you know i, I i'm kind of paraphrasing this uh i can't remember the exact side i don't have it in front of me but each year i believe uh based off of my calculation the three teams with the toughest strength of schedule have all gone under their projected win total. And the three teams with the easiest, the lightest uh, strength of schedule have gone over their win total. It, it, it's had a, a very, very high uh, percentage of hitting. Um, so this year, you know, in, in looking at it, I, I, so this is where I've, I've come up with some of my, you know, win, win totals bets. Um, looking right now, you, you got... The two teams, there, there's, I should say, there's, yeah, there's two teams that really stand above the rest in terms of having very, very diff, uh, difficult schedules. You've got the Falcons and you've got the Giants. You know, Falcons for pretty obvious reasons. Um, you know, they're having to deal with 
not just New Orleans, uh, the New Orleans Saints powerhouse in their division, but now you've got Tom Brady with the Bucks down there too. Um, you know, and I, I don't think Carolina's, I, I know Carolina's win total set pretty low. I think they're around like five and a half, six or so right now. I haven't checked it in the last few days, but uh, I don't think they're going to necessarily be a pushover this season. So I, I look at a team like Atlanta and yeah, they, they are going to be in uh uh, they're going to be tested this year, you know, week in and week out. They're going to be tested. Um, the Giants, you know, again, similar similar reasons. Um, the Jets have a very tough schedule. Uh, my Broncos, unfortunately, facing very tough. You, then if you flip over to the easy uh, ones, I've actually there, – there's three bets I, I really, really like. Um, the first being the Indianapolis Colts, who have by far the easiest schedule in the league this year based off of, uh, you know, my, my – method of calculating strength of schedule you know in in that division the the jags uh, are are a bit of a mess a lot of people uh, you know myself included i'm not really sure what to expect from the titans this year yeah they went on a little bit of a they were nine and seven the last couple years it wasn't like they were 13 and three this year so yeah you're absolutely right they they went on a little bit of a magical run there at the end of the season they caught fire peaked at the right time you know i i don't know that they're necessarily uh like you said gonna rattle off you know, 13, even, even double digit wins, uh, to, you know, for, for that matter. So, uh, I really love, uh, taking, uh, the Colts over their win total. Um, and Tennessee, uh, also has very easy schedule. Cleveland though, as well. Cleveland has a very easy schedule. And I think this is going to be the year that we, we see Cleveland figure it out a little bit. Um, you know, obviously I, I do really like, uh, both Baltimore, and uh, Pittsburgh in that division, but uh, Cleveland's out of division schedule is is pretty light. So uh, I really like Cleveland uh, over their win total. One one complicated, uh, I shouldn't say complicated, but a little bit more of a complex bet that I'm I'm also uh, locked into right now. The I've I've broken it down to my strength schedule here. I broke it down by uh, first half, second half splits as well, and. If you look at the Houston Texans' first four games of the season, it is the most brutal stretch of the season any team is going to face. They open up – let me grab this for you here. They open up week one, uh, Kansas City, in Kansas City too. Week two, you've got the Ravens. (laughs) Week Week three, you've got the Steelers. Week four, you've got the Vikings. <laughs> that is an absolutely <laughs> grueling first four games of the season. Yeah. And one bet I am loving right now is I am going to, uh, I shouldn't say going to, I have. So I've, I've made the first part of this bet. I bet the Texans to miss the playoffs. Uh, I got them out of about minus 170 to miss. Now, you know, th- this could all blow up my face if they go out and beat the Chiefs and, and Ravens week one and two. But uh, I'm, you know, my money is on uh, them not doing that, not doing what seems to be, uh, you know, an almost uh, impossible task there. I, I like them to maybe come out of that stretch one and three. Two and two, if you're being very, very, like, optimistic, Absolutely. I would say it would be two and two would be the, at best. Absolutely. And I'm thinking I'm, I'm more on the one and three side. I think one and three is, is the more realistic. And after, if, if they start, Oh, and three, I'll, I'll pull the trigger then. And I'm going to bet them to make the playoffs at that point, because their schedule in the last half gets much, much easier. Um, 
basically, basically even even just after week four, it gets quite a bit easier uh, for them. So like they they get all of the heavy lifting out of the way in the first bit. So my my plan here is I would love to be sitting on uh, you know Houston to miss at uh, minus one seventy. I, you know, they, they might jump up to, you know, plus 350 or so uh, after after starting one and one and three, maybe 0 and three. Um, so I, I'm going to kind of, uh, you know, hedge my bet there, uh, sit on both sides, um, kind of lock myself into some money. Hopefully, like I said, hopefully it could blow up my face when they if, if they beat the Chiefs and Ravens. But uh, those are those are a couple um, you know early bets I really like. One other thing, uh, Hound Dog, I want to I want to talk to you about. I, this is the first year I've done this. So sports books, um, they'll they'll generally open up lines for every single week of the NFL season once the schedule is released. So you know this happened in early May. Um, I grabbed all those opening lines, and what I did is basically calculate each team's. I, I calculated the sum for each team of, of each. Um, I should. I was about to say sixteen. Most books won't give you a week 17 spread just because it's week 17. Nobody knows who's playing like, uh, you know, half the teams are resting players. Right. So they leave week 17, of it, but weeks one through 16. So you have each team's first 15 games uh, spreads. I took those and I took the sum for each team coming up with basically a, a, you know, what I'm calling an ATS plus minus. And I went back and did this for the last five seasons as well. Just so I could look at the, you know, the data and uh, try to find some trends um, in in this data, and I could not believe what I found. So, in in looking at the the last five years, there are a couple major major trends that that stick out. One, one of the top four teams, and uh, do you want to know ahead of time who who these four teams are for this year? Should I, I'll tell you after. Uh, tell me after, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. So I'll give you the trend here. The trend is in each of the last five seasons, one at, at least one of the top four teams in this ATS plus minus ends up in the Super Bowl. Interesting. So pretty telling trend right there. I, I, I do plan on going back a little further as well. I want to see just how far back this goes. Uh, but it, it is true for each of the last five seasons. Now that's to make the Super Bowl. Not, not to win it. Um, unfortunately, New England in 2017 ruined that trend. I, I, I had a, a winner trend in there. New England 2017 ruined that. But this year, the top four teams right now, uh, Kansas City, Baltimore, San Francisco, New Orleans. And Kansas City and Baltimore are uh, so far above the, the pack. They are the most favored teams um, by far in, in the last five seasons. Um, San Francisco and New Orleans also sit on kind of their own perch as well, well above uh, the rest. Seattle comes in at, at fifth. Seattle comes in, uh, they're minus 46 and a half. New Orleans at four is minus 70 and a half. So a pretty big gap between those two teams. Um, so one of those four teams will be, at least one of those four teams will be playing in the Super Bowl. Now, what I found the craziest is the top 10 teams in this. I'll, I'll list those off for you kind of slowly. Um, but the of the top 10 teams, five of them have at least five have missed the playoffs each of the last five seasons. So looking at so, you know, who the top four teams are, you know, the top five teams are because I told you your, your Seahawks are number five. Right. So just to list them off again. And and before I do, just reminding 
this trend that goes back five years is saying that five of these 10 teams will miss the playoffs. So you've got Kansas City, Baltimore, San Francisco, New Orleans, Seattle, Dallas, Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, Minnesota, and Green Bay. Now, can you name me five of those teams that you're comfortable uh, in saying will miss the playoffs? I mean, I guess if I had a pick, I would probably say Dallas, although I do like Mike, Mike McCarthy. I like that hire. I think everyone in Dallas hates him uh, and thinks he wasn't a good coach. Yes, he only won the one Super Bowl in Green Bay, but uh, as I've mentioned before, it's so hard to win Super Bowls. I'm not sure name's Bill Belichick. So I think, but having said that, I'll still pick Dallas, I guess, and Pittsburgh. Let's go with the Niners just because I hope they miss. But probably not. They, they probably won't, obviously. But uh, Minnesota, Minnesota, you never know what you're going to get. When you think they're going to be good, they're bad, and vice versa. So let's go with them as well. So, and and you, you just you listed off, what, four teams there? You got four teams there. Oh. So even, you know, you'd even need another one in there. My, my point here is Tampa just. Bay probably. Yeah, see, and, and that's saying Tom Brady is going to miss the playoffs with, you know, one of what was one of the best defenses in the league last year, right? So. It, it is crazy. Um, I am, you know, I've, I've made a couple uh, make and miss the playoff uh, bets based off of this data that I've come up with. Um, what I will say, um, you know, before anybody goes and, and makes, you know, any of these bets, and, and I make this very clear in, in the article as well on the resource page that I put together, the this trend over the last five years was when six teams were making the playoffs from each conference. Right. So this year with that extra wildcard team coming in, you know, don't don't go blindly betting five of these top teams to, to miss because there are two extra playoff spots available this season. But uh, th- those are those are two of the really data driven, um, you know, bets that I've that I've been all over. To be honest with you, the, the one team that I have kind of, you know, my for my own personal just beliefs. Uh, that I'm I'm just hammering right now. I bet the over on their win total. I bet them to win the division. Uh, I bet them to um, win the Super Bowl, go to the Super Bowl. I, I have bet them basically everything to succeed. Uh, and that's the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I think mm-hmm. there are only two teams in the AFC. You know what? I'll even say maybe three because I, I don't want to discredit New England too much yet. I know everyone's writing New England off, but Jared Stidham is not a, a bad quarterback. He was not a bad quarterback in college. Fourth round pick as well. It wasn't like he was like some, you know, slapdick they got off yeah, the scrap heap. It, exactly. It's not like he's some, you know, lame sixth, seventh round pick that uh like you know, Tom Bill Brady Belichick was. just <laughs> Yeah, right. So <laughs> he, he's a little uh, you know, more more highly touted than than Brady was entering. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I don't want to compare him really to Brady though by any means. He he's not going to be Tom Brady. Um, you know, he, he is his own quarterback. But he, he I really think he's going to surprise. So I don't want to write off New England. So I, I'll say I think there's three teams in the AFC that there's only three that can hang with Kansas City, and that is the Ravens, um, New England, and the Steelers. And I don't think Baltimore is ready yet. I, I think what we saw last year in the playoffs out of Lamar Jackson, you know, we, we saw a defense that had, um, you know, they, they put together an extremely um, just brilliant game plan to contain him, you know, not let him get going with his legs, get Baltimore playing from behind 
And I mean, it, it just, it, it was a perfect game for, for Tennessee, but you, you really saw the, the struggles there and you saw, you know, signs of a young team. I think, you know, they, even though they may take another step forward this year, I don't know that they're ready to, to dethrone the chiefs. You know, like I said, New England's kind of that wild card for, you know, the, the reasons that we just talked about. But to me, Pitts, Pittsburgh had the best chance of taking down Kansas City. They have, in my opinion, the best defense in the AFC. Uh, they might have the best defense in the league. Um, you know, that that trade for Minka Fitzpatrick is looking just amazing for, for the Steelers. You, you know, TJ Watt has, has just been a stud. You know, I... That's how can like just amazing that 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 pays off for them, right? I mean, they 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 drafted a guy based off his name. They reached for a guy based off his name, and look at what he's turned into—just incredible. That that defense is phenomenal. The only thing that held them back last year was no Big Ben, and and not even just no Big Ben, but you know they they just didn't have a a serviceable quarterback. Unfortunately, you know Mason uh, Mason Rudolph was was bad uh, bad enough that that we saw Duck Hodges. Uh, start games for Pittsburgh, right? So, uh, yeah, it, they're going to get Big Ben back this year. Um, you know, he'll he'll be healthy, and I think that offense will. You know, they're not going to be a juggernaut by any means. They're not going to be able to, um, you know, engage in shootouts with with a team like Kansas City. But I don't think they'll need to. I think, um, you know, their their defense might be able to just slow them a little bit, um, and then it might just be enough for for Big Ben to. Uh, you know, finally, and Big Ben is there to kind of finally overcome that uh, that playoff uh, just bump that they they could not get over for so long uh, when when they had the you know Levy and the the killer bees and everything. I think this could be their year. So that that's the one team I'm really uh, hammering hard right now. Yeah, no, it's a, that's a pretty uh, interesting analysis, and, and I like that. As much as I don't like Pittsburgh, you have to respect the hell out of Coach Mike Tomlin for the fact that he made them very very competitive last year given the fact, like you said, they had Mason Rudolph and Devlin Hodges uh, at quarterback. The, the fact that they were even remotely even close to being around 500 is, is, is great because Big Ben went uh, out in week two there. I actually think that uh, your Denver Broncos might have a decent shot at uh, if, the, if, say, Mahomes gets injured or something like that. In terms of, win, <laughs> I don't know what their win totals are, but if Drew Locke, who knows, but if Drew Locke is actually pretty good, uh, as he seemed to be toward the end of last year, they, they may actually surprise some people. Uh, you know what? I, I don't want to uh, hype them up too much. You know, I, I know uh, I, I get accused of having a little bias there, but uh, right now you, you can get Denver at uh, their win total set at seven and a half. Um, and if, if, you know, if you ever are looking for any of these futures, uh, you know, like I said, SBD has them all. We, we've got all these futures trackers uh, from, you know, NFL. We, we have from Super Bowl to you know, make the playoffs, win totals, MVP, defensive rookie of the year. We got it all. You name it. Um, so, yeah, we, we've got Denver at seven and a half there. And uh, I'm with you. I actually I really like what they did in the draft. Um, I, I know everyone was really big on Dallas uh, having, you know, CeeDee Lamb fall to them. But I don't know if you can name a team that had a better all around draft than the Broncos did, you know, to come away with. Judy and Hamler um, in, in with our first two picks, um, you know, hey, Hamler might have been a bit of a reach, but he was the basically the, the missing piece uh, in, in that uh, receiving core that they really needed. They just needed that burner, that guy who could just take the top off. Right. Um, so, you know, you, you look at 
the the weapons that that Drew Locke is going to have, and you know Locke is still a little bit untested. Um, you know we we haven't seen enough of him yet to know that you know he'll he'll finally be the the next franchise quarterback. Um, but I, I what I saw was really uh, impressive last year. You know I, I thought he looked just awful in the preseason, and I was uh, I was worried. I was worried after seeing just how bad it was. Um, but he really surprised me when, when he finally got his, his start, when he got healthy, he got his start. Um, he, he was really impressive. And yeah, you look, you know, Cortland Sutton is a, a rising star, uh, just an absolute rising star. And, uh, you know, dad, Judy, dad, Hamler, you got Noah Fant, you know, if he can make a, you know, take kind of that next step, um, that would be just huge. So I really think at this point, you know, because again, Vic Fangio had the defense playing pretty well last year, and that was without Bradley Chubb too. So you get Chubb back, and and you've got Chubb and Miller rushing off opposite ends. Um, you know, Justin Simmons is, is an All Pro in, in the back there. It, I really think this season lands on the shoulders of uh, Garrett Bowles, left tackle. If he can show up, if he can, uh, you know, limit the penalties protect locks uh blind side i i think denver makes the playoffs uh you can get plus odds on them making the playoffs right now too which i think is a great bet um like i said with that seventh uh playoff spot open in each conference i i really like them to uh to sneak in um because i i think they they are in in my opinion the clear uh second best team in in the afc west Absolutely. And basically, I was just softening you up there uh, and pumping the Broncos tires just so I can get you out of here on this last question. Uh, talk about how <laughs> great the Seahawks uh, Broncos Super Bowl was in 2014. Uh, that Seattle won 43 to 8. I'm sorry, which one? The Seahawks Broncos Super Bowl that Seattle won 43 to 8. You're fired. Uh, I, I, don't know if I, rec- I don't know if I recall that one, actually. <laughs> I think uh, I think I've done everything I can to erase it from my memory. <laughs> Funny enough, you know that Super Bowl. Uh, I actually remember uh, I, I was in Ottawa. I was still in school at that time, and um, you know, to be honest with you, I yeah, midway through the second quarter, I had started doing dishes, washing dishes to try to <laughs> calm myself down <laughs> and to try to not watch the slaughtering that was happening. Uh, in that Super Bowl, it was just so painful. Um, I, I think I even maybe threw a load of laundry in during that, and and that's, you know, that that's not like I me. Mean, I can normally stick through it and and uh, you know deal with the the ups and downs, but oh man, that that's probably the biggest so, disappointment I've ever seen. I think emotionally, as a fan, I'd rather lose uh, that way, lose early, and you think you're done, as opposed to like say the next year Seattle losing to, to the Patriots on the, on the one yard line. I think it's uh, worse to lose that way. But uh, it's funny throughout that Bronco game. Uh, in my mind, I had the Leafs losing to Boston in Game Seven, how they choked away the three goal lead in the third period. So everyone was like, in like the third quarter, "Congratulations, you finally won the Super Bowl." You know, we, we know you've been a fan for like whatever 15, 20 years. Congrats! And I was basically telling everyone, "Shut the hell up. The game's not over. <laughs> if there's any quarterback I could come back, it's Peyton Manning. Shut up." So basically, I was it was weird. I was coaching myself not to be excited until about, I think I finally allowed myself to get excited around the two minute warning. Yeah. I've, I know what that's like, I was doing the same thing during that, uh, Leafs Bruins. Uh, thanks for bringing that one up too. You, you're just really, uh, poking all the, all the, uh, I'm a Leaf fan too. Spots. I'm a Leaf fan too. So it hurts as well. I yeah. know. I know you are. <sighs> I was, yeah. 
Yeah, no, thank you for bringing up the uh, two worst uh, moments in my sports life. <laughs> I guess on that note, uh, we should end the interview. interview. Uh, thank you so much uh, for being on the podcast, Matt, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Hey, it's my pleasure, Hound Dog. Thanks so much for having me. I'm uh, yeah, no big fan of what you got going on here. Keep up the great work. And uh, like I said, um, you know, when when this uh, podcast just booms, uh, you know, after that hack Duff Bethy you had on last week, make sure you let them know. <laughs> that was tons of fun chatting with Matt McEwen about future sports bets and the website sportsbettingdime.com. You can follow him on Twitter at SBD underscore Matt and at sportsbettingdime at aptly named at SBD. Really intrigued to see how those future NFL bets pan out, especially the Pittsburgh Steelers one, which is very fascinating, I must say, even though I can't stand them because they controversially defeated the Seahawks in the Super Bowl in 2006 with a huge help of the referees. I'll never get over that nonsense ever for as long as I live. If you have any comments or suggestions, hopes, dreams, queries, etc. about the podcast, maybe some topics you'd like me to discuss or some guests you'd like me to have on, you can contact me on Twitter and Instagram at Harrison, just one D in that, or at hdogpod, or my email address at mrmikey.harrison at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening to episode 26 of the H-Dog Pod. Bye. This has been the H-Dog Pod with host Michael the Hound Dog Harrison. Bye. Bye. Bye.